How we doing guys and welcome back to Best Soccer Coaching's Coaches Corner. Uh, today we've got something a wee bit different. Um, it's not uh, as a coach, I've coached with him before, a very good coach, but we're going to be talking about something different. We're going to be talking a wee bit about combat sports and about football and we're talking about how weight cutting can affect both of these factors. Okay, so I'm going to let him introduce. This is Mr Ray Hewitt and he's going to introduce himself just now. How are you doing guys? As Lori said, I'm, I'm Ray. Um, I'm, I'm predominantly a football coach uh, and a sports scientist, so uh, I'm a Finney degree uh, at University of Western Scotland and I'm now currently doing a Master's degree in football science at uh, University of Central Lancashire down in England. Um, I'm a B licensed football coach as well and as Lori said, I've worked with him at, um, at Celtic Soccer Academy. And I've also, I'm also the first team sports scientist for Glasgow Women. Plenty of experience there, eh? Top's mine, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> a, wee bit, a wee bit of experience. I'm a bit older than you as well, to be fair. Uh, just a tad, just a tad. <laughs> um, so we'll get straight into it. So the first thing we're going to talk about is how weight cutting affects the body. So for this can go for combat fighters or for football players. So obviously football players will have a cut coming into pre-season and obviously combat fighters will have it for a fight coming up and theirs is different, like periodisation. So can you elaborate on a wee bit of how it affects the body? Aye, so I just kind of heard you saying about like, the periodisation side of things there for like, weight cutters. Um, so for me, it just depends on how they will come to that later on as well. But with regards to football as well, like the weight cutting, it all depends on how you look after yourself kind of off-season. And I suppose that's similar for most sports. Like, football kind of finishes in the summer if there's no international tournament so you know if they look after themselves during that period that off season then they will uh, they won't have to cut as much weight and to get back to kind of playing standards and with fighters as well instead of like their off season is kind of if they have four fights a year their off season and fights and you've heard the kind of fighters like just overindulge at that point as well and um, so with regards to that, that's kind of how they would maybe look to periodise it. And if it's periodised well and they're looked after well, then they don't have to cut as much weight. With regards to how it can affect the body, like, it's it's massive. Like, ultimately, it's just starving the body of water. And if there's, you know, that extreme weight cut that comes, then you're just taking out water out of the body to kind of make that weight. Um, you know, dropping weight, it's starving yourself on nutrition, starving yourself on water. So ultimately, you're taking away like nutrition into working muscles, you're taking away digestion and things like that because the energy that you're using, you know, if you're cutting weight and training, the energy systems are focused on the training and then other kind of energy things like nutrition, like transportation um, and things like that are kind of neglected. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're starving the body of water, you're taking things like blood viscosity, which is like the, it's getting a wee bit thicker which can lead to health problems like stroke heart attack and things like that so it can be a kind of dangerous dangerous thing um, but if it's done well then and you're only cut, having to cut that wee bit of weight it's not a major issue um, you know so for me is there a way that it can be done safely and effectively and, and things like that and are we looking after kind of athletes in general but mainly combat athletes like if you think of dehydrating the body right before not made weight and you're then wrapping yourself in towels, hot towels, you're going into hot baths and just sweating it out, mm-hmm. then you're kind of dehydrating your whole body, 
you know, there's no oxygen getting transported to the working muscles when you come to fight night. There's no nutrition getting transported transported to the working muscles um, and things like that as well. Ultimately, you're then starving the brain of water and the brain's kind of cased in fluid. So you're then taking that away and then you're getting strikes to the head. Like, I mean, how is it? How is you going to deal with that? Mm-hmm. It's normally heat induced as well. So you're, you're potentially giving yourself issues like um, heat stroke, like you've been out, out in the hot weather, burning up, running with a bag on, potentially giving yourself heat stroke and then asking a fighter to go and train or go and fight. It's not ideal. Like Then that can lead to things like hormone imbalances, immune function not working, leads to other kind of issues like decreased bone, bone density and things like that through lower testosterone. And that one isn't kind of working there. So for me, it's something that can massively affect the body which then massively affects performance well mm-hmm. no, as you say like all of this is coming into factor that and it, as you're saying it can be dangerous the way that they're doing this and you've seen before like fighters that have came into weigh-ins and they've collapsed at weigh-in because of these types of weight cuts um, and it just shows how dangerous it can be and while we're talking on the body surely this must have a, a mental effect as well if it's, say, a failed weight cut or even if it's just the mental capacity they're being tested to to actually make this weight cut? Yeah, definitely. Like, going through weight cutting is, like, it's a mentally tough process. It can be long, like, it's normally a couple of hours after a weigh-in or, or just before a weigh-in. So it can be a kind of long process of just, like, even simple, even the ones that you maybe think are simple, go and lie in a kind of roasting hot bath you've then got to be mentally tough enough to like stay in that like not to mention like you're you're sweating you're tired you're probably hungry you're definitely thirsty Mm. but you can't have a drink and you're just like you probably just get that kind of like it's a slog to get through so that that's mentally demanding it's mentally tough mentally draining as well so kind of mental health you need to think about that as well how does that work as I said earlier, you're starving the brain of nutrients and water, so you're probably going to have a headache getting into, into it as well. You put yourself in a rigorous routine because you've already failed in an aspect. Your training's probably not went to scratch, so you're probably a bit... You could be easily demotivated by it. Um, but if you make the weight, you're then there's all of a sudden there's a high and you're like, I'm ready for a fight. You then go into the fight. As I said before, you're starving, you're tired, you're thirsty. You're definitely not going to be at optimal performance. So you've got to then take punches to the face or, or whatever. If it's football, you know, you've then got to go out and play however many more day as well. That comes into it. You're probably not going to perform to your best. Good chance of you then losing the football match, losing the fight or whatever it is. So then how does that then affect your confidence? Like You're going to be low in confidence. You're going to be maybe full of regret because something's not going right during training. You know, you are football wise, you've not looked after yourself, um, so you might not play. So there's a low that comes with that as well. So mental well being, it must be kind of hard to take. A, you're probably a bit relieved, and you might learn a wee lesson off it or, or not. But we've seen fighters that that don't make weight; they regularly don't make weight. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of ongoing thing. So you know, they must just kind of get sick of it a wee bit, um, having to get through that. The other thing, as I said, as you said, it can lead to things like an eating disorder, like you've cut weight, 
you've gone and done your fight, whether you've won or lost. If you've lost, you're probably likely to indulge in, in junk food because we know that scientifically, like junk foods like ice cream and chocolates and all that, you can of really feel better. Mm. Um, so that kind of comfort eating comes into it, which can then lead to like eating disorders mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's mentally massive. Like we've heard like heard things in the news and stuff about like fighters like Tyson Fury who after a fight he's had a severe weight cut. He spoke about previously his mental health and things like that. Um, so he says things like after a fight, I go and indulge and, you know, I balloon up a wee bit. Not to the extent that he did previously when he had his mental health issues. Mm-hmm. But he sort of overcame them. He's bad at, but I don't think he's had a severe weight cut since he's coming back into fighting. I think he kind of looks after himself a lot more. So he sort of learned, learned from that as well. That's something as well that you're saying, like, even if it is, like, they, they've not managed to win the fight or the game or say it's a failed week cut, that, that mental effect that they've now got, they're trying to rebuild that serotonin, so that's where they'll go to these type of foods, as you're saying, to indulge and reboost that, um, which you're saying that can lead on to further um, mental and eating habits as well. Um, and just to finish off with it, we're talking about how these can cause damage, and obviously weight cutting can be done properly, and if it's done properly, you can see great success. How would you suggest it would be done like obviously you've got like the extremes where you would go sit in a sauna with the towel on and the like the tinfoil and that and that would drain you a lot and you can see that these are obviously causing problems so what way would you say would be the safest way to do these weight cuts um safest way like so for kind of football players like they get weighed regularly so like at Glasgow women we don't we don't weigh the players every week and stuff like that um just because of time, we're part-time club and things like that, and we, we need to watch with training time and things like that. Um, but in other, in other circumstances, you know, time that's been Motherwell was regular weight weight taking. So some clubs are every day. Um, so clubs will be, you know, you come in before training and you weigh yourself and you kind of see what you're at. And then there's a kind of up or down where you're allowed to be within. a sort of threshold where players are allowed to be within it. I think introducing something like that to fighters when you weigh yourself every day, right, this is my target weight and you gradually get there. Mm. Um, as I said before, maybe the off-season, like, educating the players uh, or the, the, the fighters, you know, giving good education. This is sort of like what they're doing now, having a chat about it mm. and discussing it. This is how bad it can be. This is what it can lead to. You know, if you don't, if, you, if you're dropping weight like that just before a fight, then you can really lead to stroke, heart disease, whatever. Um, and during those in between fights, they maybe look after themselves um, and educate them. Well, why why are you fighting it that weight? Would it not be better to fight up a weight? Um, so encouraging them to maybe fight at a, a more natural weight to them. We know why they drop weights because they're bigger and stronger at, at those lower weights. We mm-hmm. we know that, but like it might be that encouragement of well, this is your natural weight. If you can if you can perform it this weight, you know it's a lot healthier for you as well and it won't lead to that other things is like you, you've got the community like, like the ufc for example like why can they not send somebody from the ufc to the fight camps and have them weighed every week mm-hmm. and if it gets to a stage where it's the week before the fight or two weeks before the fight and this guy is in danger of not making weight then why can they not just be like let's pull the plug on that fight rather than forcing them to make the weight cut mm-hmm. or having something like if you don't make weight on the way in then you know, you don't get the extra time. I know they give them that extra time to kind of drop the weight, which might seem 
ultimately we're now dealing with professionals as such at, yeah. at that level and in top level boxing as well if you're dealing with professionals then force them to be professional you have to make weight during the weigh-in or you have to make a certain weight on the build-up to the fight so you maybe you get say they're doing a six-week training camp you get an official to go and weigh them every week mm-hmm. and like milestones yes yeah, so just regular weigh-ins and if they're not making those weights mm-hmm. then you can be like do you know what we're, get, we're gonna pull the plug in the fight adding in fines that that happens in football if you're mm-hmm. overweight you get fined so it encourages them to look after it but i think the main thing is education um for the guys so they're you know um they know what the the risks are versus mm-hmm. the reward i suppose um maybe earlier ones earlier weigh-ins and then as you mentioned earlier, periodisation. Are they are they periodising their actual training? You know, have they got a year's plan? Mm-hmm. Can we just think about it? That's just popped in my head. Could something like the UFC being like with every fighter, almost because they're contracted to UFC. I know they've got their own training gyms and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you know, every year. So let's say it's January to December. You know, you've got four fights a year or whatever their contract is. Three fights a year, two fights a year, whatever that contract is. This is when they're going to take place. So then they've got like a, almost a pre-season, a training camp, and then a tapering, and then a fight, and then you can periodise their nutrition and their weight loss into that. Mm-hmm. Like this is your off-season, so you maybe get two weeks to go and indulge, and then you're back into pre-season and maybe do it that way. I, I don't know, like I'm not an expert in, in working with fighters, but like certainly that's how the football calendar year works, uh, the season calendar works almost, so you've got your, your pre-season. Uh, you've got your you've got your off season, then you're into your pre season, and that's when players are trying to kind of be like right pre season just before I get to pre season, I need to be back in shape, in some sort of shape. Pre season gets you into that shape, mm-hmm. and as you're kicking into the season, you're looking for could that be the way that fighters go forward? Mm-hmm. They periodise the full year rather than just one training camp at a time. Does that help them make weight? Like that could be another one. As it shows that like there is options there, um, and maybe it's something that. Even fighters, if it's like amateur fighters, that they could look into doing that to help them cut weight a more healthier way and get into that healthy lifestyle. Um, well, that's everything from us today, guys. Uh, what I say, thanks, Ray, for coming on. It's been very insightful, and I hope anyone that's listened to this can take a wee insight for it, even if it's for football or for combat sports, and hopefully make a change within their lifestyle. So, cheers for coming on, Ray. No, thanks for having me. Happy to be on. Good to chat to you again. Uh, it's good to see you two again, and we'll catch you next time, guys. See you later on. Yeah, cheers.